0: This is Father Gregory Pine, and this is Father Jacob Bertrand Jansik,
1: and welcome to God's planning. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. Father Jacob Bertrand, uh, today is a propitious day because ordinarily we talk about what's going on in our lives, and then we transition into the topic that we are going to discuss on the podcast. But today those two worlds collide. Because what has been going on in our lives is, in fact, the topic of the podcast.
0: <laughs>
1: so, so we uh, have nothing to say. Exactly. So we're now just going to shift awkwardly in our seats, and then it will go to black. No. Um, so we walked a portion of the community de Santiago in northern Spain. Both of us just got back to our respective homesteads. Um, Father Jacob Bertrand, here we are. We did it. I kind mm-hmm. of did it. I mean, we limped to the finish line, but... Here you go, first impressions, the Camino what 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 has happened to us?
0: Uh, a lot, really. Um, <laughs> a lot that I wouldn't have chosen for myself, but I think that's <laughs> I think that's part of uh part of I guess the sufferings of a pilgrimage. I will say right now, I'm sure that we we're, we're going to talk about this more, but I'm sure that the Lord has worked, is working, has offered many graces, but the thing, the immediate thing area that I've grown in. From you know, walking the Camino for twelve days is I have fine tuned my ability to complain even further. Uh, so I'm very grateful for for that. Uh, yeah, so that, that that's what I'm processing right now. But uh, I don't know, I don't know about you, but that's that's me.
1: Yeah, no, that's plenty to process. That is a gift to me, to the church entire. Um, so maybe we can just start with a little sketch of what we did. And then talk a little bit about what we expected, maybe what we found and then what we've come to think about it. So yeah. we, we arrived in Madrid, Spain, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then we took all modes of transport, planes, trains, automobiles, rickshaws, and paddle boards, uh, north up to Astorga, where we spent our first night. And then we spent the next 12 days, as you mentioned, walking along the Camino Frances, which I suppose is the most populated or the most popular, simply speaking of the different routes that go through spain towards santiago de compostela and then on the vigil of the pentecost we arrived in compostela we stayed there an additional day and then returned to madrid and from madrid returned to the us and to switzerland um so maybe just in terms of like plot summary can you like give us a feel for some of the towns that we visited uh things that we found an ordinary day what was our camino experience like remind me because yeah. It's so painful that I've begun to forget.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't remember. I remember very few town names and they're out of order and disjuncted. And so, and it also doesn't matter because you can just look at like a Camino map and see the places, but essentially this is we, so yeah, if we walked for 12 days and, uh, we covered, if you want to be super, if we want to be super precise, 168.18 miles. So that averages out to about 14 miles a day. Uh, so yeah, that's the Astorga to Compostela route. Uh, and basically, we walked. um, We got up early. We didn't really have. It wasn't that hot. There were a couple hot days, but we. The plan was to get up early to uh, start walking early, so as to like miss early afternoon weather, whether that be heat or rain. Um, That didn't always work because. Sometimes it gets hot and sometimes it rains not at 1 p.m. Like at other times during the day. So we encountered both along the way. But honestly, the weather wasn't terrible. Like it wasn't super hot. And, you know, if you go later in the summer, it's pretty whatever, terrible. But we got up early. Uh, We had some Spanish breakfast with cafe con leche and like other things that were great and nourishing. And then we walked and we spent time in silence at the beginning of the walk. and, And then we kind of walk the rest of the way. The cool that what I liked about part of the walking was that like we, we were a group of 17. So Father Gregory, myself, and then 15 others. Um, people kind of took their pace, their own kind of pace in the walk. So you sometimes you were with people, sometimes you were just with somebody else. Sometimes you were spread out. Sometimes you're, you had to kind of like crab walk because like your legs were giving out on you. So it depended. Uh, Then we got to the town, usually early afternoon, chilled out, had mass, dinner as a group, uh, a sort of like conference given by myself or Father Gregory, and then kind of went to bed at a reasonable hour because we were waking up at like 5.30 typically uh, to go walk again. The best part of it, the best part of it was the sleeping arrangements. It was my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) So along the way of the Camino, there are these like hostels called albergue and they're hostels. Most of them. Sometimes they were a little more booge when you weren't sharing a room with thirty thousand other people. Everyone snoring twice as loud as they would at any other point in their life. Uh, but mostly they were that. So that was an experience. Um, so yeah, that was the general outline for uh, well, twelve days of walking, but like fourteen, fifteen. I was gone sixteen days, but like fourteen or fifteen days of living in uh, walking in Spain. So yeah, description.
1: Description indeed. Kind of like a more fine-toothed, uh, fine-toothed, is that what I'm fine-grained? It's whatever. Uh, so just to kind of zoom in a little bit on the experience, I don't know exactly what I expected. I suppose we'll talk about that here in a minute, um, but there was a nice kind of ebb and flow to the day. So you'd wake up, right, your morning, your morning offer and be like, Jesus, why did you permit this evil to befall me? And then you'd move on. Um, and then you get ready. I would usually take forever, which I'm not usually a take forever on the bathroom kind of guy, but I think it took me like a, an additional 12 minutes to motivate myself to continue living. I was like, all right, lungs, keep going, heart, keep going, because it's not evident that you will, unless I provide you this encouragement. Um, and then we had breakfast together and then like throughout the course of the day, you have just, just like little stops that present themselves. And so people would stop for a coffee or they'd stop for a little bit of food or they'd stop just to use the bathroom. And the thing that I kind of liked about it is that you had the opportunity to talk to different people throughout the course of the day, because it's not like you go to a cocktail party and you're like engaged in a conversation with some guy who wants to teach you like all kinds of wild things about late seventies Spanish economics. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be here for the next three and a half hours. And then you start thinking of ways to get out. You can either go the offensive route and say like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm running away. Or you can be like, hey, can I get someone here a drink? And then never return from the bar. Um, But but. You know, you might think, all right, we're about to walk across northern Spain together. Maybe we're going to get trapped in each other's presence because we're trapped on each other's pace. But it was just never that way. There's like a real delightful ebb and flow, and it has a kind of contemplative feel to it, where people can kind of drift. They might go slower. They might go faster. It doesn't have to be pre-announced, but you can kind of break up or clump up as you see fit. But as a result of which, ended up having different conversations with different people, which was a which was a cool feature. And then you end up walking with a lot of the same people over the course of 12 days, if not walking with them, at least seeing them. So you stop in this particular bar, uh, like cafe bar and you see somebody who you hadn't seen for a few days, but they might've, they may have stayed at a different town last night, but now you're on the same trajectory again, which is cool. So you form this, this little community, especially the further you are away from Santiago de Compostela, the fewer people there are. And, uh, so you have a sense, you know, we were only on it for 12 days, but you have a sense for your community. You have a, a feel for the people with whom you were on pilgrimage, even if they're like atheists, agnostics, post-Christians or whatever, you're still on a kind of, you're on a journey with them, which is something sweet. Um, so yeah, maybe we can transition then just talking about like, all right, what do we expect? And then what do we come to find? I don't know if you thought much about the experience before going, but did you have any expectations which you hope to meet or any expectations which were just dashed against the cruel rocks of reality?
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess I didn't know about the Camino until the novitiate, so like a dozen years ago. And first, I think I think the first person I heard from was our classmate, Father Dominic Werner, who talked about it incessantly for like the first two months of the novitiate. I was just like, that sounds cool. And then I was like, please stop talking because I'm going to kill you. Uh, so that was kind of my introduction to the Camino. But since then, it was something that I've wanted to do. So I don't know why. I mean, it's a pilgrimage. It's a cool pilgrimage. It's a pilgrimage, Christians and like pagans now have been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years. So I don't know beyond that. I don't know if I had expectations, except that I wanted to sort of do it. Um, And I, I didn't really think much more about it uh, beyond, beyond that. So uh, yeah, that's kind of like an underwhelming sort of just like, I want to do something, so I'm going to go do it. But I think that's, that's kind of where, where it was. I had, I, since you know, over the past handful of years, I've had a number of friends and i have known people who have done it, who have done the Camino and have kind of told like their glory and horror stories of the Camino. Like one big worry was like, are we going to get bedbugs in these like places that we're staying? Or like, are we going to like, you know, have, to, am I going to have to like one, you know, take a bus one day or a taxi one day? Cause like my body's going to give out, you know, like things that other people have experienced or, or what. So yeah, expectations were kind of low, but because we were going as a God spending pilgrimage expectations for at least like nobody dying and everybody coming back home in a P in one piece, you know, kind of having a modicum of success. And that was, I think really where the expectations were. So that's that on that front. But as far as actualities of, um, I think I will at least start with, with two things. Um, back to the back to the group thing going as a group it's you know you're just not sure how a group of strangers is going to come together for a pretty intense and pretty close quartered experience um but yeah through through whatever through providence through however the group came together through people applying accepting backing out taking new people on whatever it was um the group was a real blessing um yeah, really, really, I, I mean, that was for me, that was the highlight of the trip was being with these, with uh, these people that Father Gregory and the 15 others. Um, yeah, everyone at different places in their in their life in their relationship with Christ, more or like, you know, these sort of things, but just really excellent, solid people who like suffered this pilgrimage well together and also like shared in its glory. So super, super pumped and excited for that. I guess that that's the other th- actuality. Um, the suffering part, I mean, we were joking about it, but I guess I I think I'm in like decent shape as, uh, you know, like exercise wise. Um, So the first couple days of the Camino, like my legs were like super sore just because I don't walk very much. Um, So using different muscles, but as the days wore, it's like, it, it grinds away just from like, you're walking a lot. And like, I didn't really suffer from blisters that much just at Uh, just a little bit towards the end, but some people really did. Um, but like foot pain and back pain from carrying your pack and like, it just grinds. Um, so I remember like halfway maybe like halfway through, there were just mornings where everybody was just like, no, no, it's just a collective effort. That's getting me up. So, uh, yeah. So I'll start with those. At least I'm sure I have more to say, but.
1: Yeah. On the, the note of physical stamina or physical preparedness, I too think of myself as like, you know, a pretty fit individual. I'm not nearly as fit as you are by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But like, I like hiking and I hike with some frequency and I also hike for a long time when I go hiking. Um, But I've never, I don't think I've ever hiked for 12 days continuously. I mean, I've walked around for 12 days continuously, but not with the same intensity. And so, yeah, I just wasn't prepared for it. I just wasn't prepared for it. And as we went on, I kind of, as my feet disintegrated, uh, so whereas you had few uh blisters, I had myriad blisters, not to the same degree or extent as as some people, like Weston, God bless holy smokes. <laughs> um but by the end, like 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 I had a couple of blisters that would continually take my breath away with every footfall. Even when not walking, they would take my breath away. It's like, oh I'll kind of like rob you of your appetite. I was like, what is going on? Um and for me The principal experience of that wasn't like ah, what a sweet sweet suffering to unite with the cross of our lord jesus who has brought me on this pilgrimage for the purification of my soul and the upbuilding of the church it was just like ah (laughs) (laughs) so i was like disappointed with myself with my body but i suppose that's a good a good disappointment to endure at an earlier age in life seeing as it's going to be a disappointment that one will have to endure throughout the entirety of life um another thing too that i that i thought I expected and turned out differently was like, I didn't know, like, you know, you got a group of 17 people and it's like, oh, I want to talk to all these people. I want to engage with all these people. And I want to do so in a way that's, you know, like free, that's easy, that's delightful. I was like, yeah. So I, I imagine they'll probably end up like walking with, you know, somebody at least once, you know, on any given day that didn't happen. I only ended up walking with, I don't know, maybe half of the group and the other half of the group. I don't know that I ever walked with them at any point except for the first five seconds. And then when we were walking to dinner together after we had finished walking. um, And as I was thinking about, like sometimes uh, when we overplan things or we overstructure things, we can make them artificial. It's like, okay, and now is the hour and a half portion. Well, I will bless you with my presence. It's like, get away from me, you creepazoid. Um, it's just like, if you like overplan things like that, then they become strange. Uh, but I, I thought that I, I ended up having a, a, like a lot of really wonderful conversations and even in the, with the people with whom I did not have time to walk or the opportunity to walk, we found ways in which to have conversations elsewhere. And it wasn't like those conversations were themselves planned in any way, shape or form It's just by happenstance. So for me, it was a kind of confirming sign of God's providence, you know, like that God you know, sets up the encounters, he sets up the conversations, which conduce to, you know, the praise of his name and our own growth and holiness, but not in a false way. It's just like you fall in with people and in falling in with people, you get to know them. And it turns out that a lot of them are just, they're just really good, you know, and that, that provides a delight all its own.
0: Yeah. I was going to add, I was going <laughs> to talk about Say another talk. What I can't speak English, another kind of actuality thing. So, and start with the complaint, but then, of course, the best way to lead it into anything. And then, uh, yeah, in actuality, I guess that we're as we're talking about it, one of the days was particularly brutal for us. I think for everybody, um, I think we were like four or five days out from the end, maybe four days out from the end, and it just it poured like it was a 14 ish mile day. And maybe the first 45 minutes was okay, but like the last good three hours um i mean i was i was booking it that day so i was towards the front and i finished the walk in four hours and 10 minutes and some of the group came in like five hours after me and it, it like it poured like i'm not saying i was sprinkle like torrential hurricane rain and wind <laughs> at points and i was by myself the whole day it was just it was it was rough um and then as soon as i got into town it stopped raining like sun mm. came out so yeah, blessed for that. But I was talking with one of the pilgrims who was on the same flight as myself uh, to come home and we were chatting and at the airport. And she was saying that she was walking in along the way, there are these little, there are these little churches, um, like these small kind of chapels. And she went to go like pray in one to take a break from the walk and it was locked. So she just lied down on the front steps and cried and then got back up and kept walking. she just needed a break with Jesus. It was awesome. I was like and I was like, "Wow, that that's rough." And she's like, "Yeah, it was fine. It's just what I needed to do at the time." I was like, "Good for you." Good for you. One of the things that we I that we talked about one evening um and that's kind of stuck with me. We were just kind of sitting around after dinner one evening and having beers and some people were smoking cigars, you know, as you do in a pilgrimage. It's great. Uh we were just talking about things casually and um kind of yeah, about the Christian life and and this yeah, this point that like I think Father Gregory made it that like being a Christian is, is like, it's about being like real, um, about living in reality that you don't have to sort of like, there are sufferings and there are joys in the Christian life and the Christian is a or in life and the Christian is because of what's promised in Christ is able to face those things, both sufferings without kind of trying to hide or mask or run from them and the joys without sort of like demurring from the good things in life. Um, able to face those and live those well. And I think that for like the actuality thing, like that's, I think what the pilgrimage, what the Camino does, it's not this sort of like Father Gregory was saying, like with the blister thing. My experience wasn't like, let me suffer because, you know, and I'm united to the cross of Christ. Like most of it was like, let this be over. Like this is the long day. I just want, I just want to sit down and like have a cold beer and like a bunch of water and like be done walking for the day. Um, But there, there's the reality that like, yeah, this is the, the, the pilgrimage, the Camino is this ability, uh, it kind of, it kind of shaves away the, the sort of trappings of life in a, in a very small amount of time, just 12 days of, you know, you really, I in my experience, yeah, my experience was that I really kind of came into contact with the Lord in that way, that it was just like, here it is, this is, you know, you're going to keep trudging on, but, you know, I'm waiting, you know, I'm waiting, I'm coming, that sort of thing. So, that was on my mind a lot during the pilgrimage, during the walking. It's like this isn't glorious, but you know, the Lord's the Lord's waiting. He's coming. He's he's with. So it's pretty. That was that was a yeah, I guess a beautiful actuality in in my experience. So
1: my my own experience is similar. Um, I suppose previously I would have described it in different terms. What you said resonates a lot. I, I, I'm thinking of the first day that we walked from Astorga to Rabanal El Camino. It wasn't the most ambitious day. We might have walked like 11 or 12 miles. And I was having a great conversation with Katie Parker, who works for God's Planning. And we just kind of like showed up at the town and surprised ourselves at the fact that we had finished. You know, we're like, oh, let's like have a little coffee break here. And she's like, I think this is actually the place where we're staying tonight because it was like 1045 a.m. And in that moment, I was like, dude, the Camino, who's got two thumbs and is going to get a bunch of other stuff done this week. And I was like, this guy. So I was like, awesome. You know, so like I found a church, I prayed a holy hour, I um, like took a phone call with a friend for X number of minutes. I read a little bit of a book, I smoked a cigar, I drank a couple beers, you know, like I balanced my checkbook if I had one. It was great. It was awesome. Um, and then we went to, you know, do our ordinary evening program with mass dinner and a little talk and then bedtime. And then over the course of the next three days, that vision of the Camino was shattered. <laughs> it's like you finish, you know, you might eat a meal with the people with whom you're hanging out. And then you might take a shower. And then you might try to like put back the shattered pieces of your broken life. And then I I just didn't have the energy. Um, I didn't have the wherewithal to do anything else. And at first I was I was begrudging it. I was like, ah, man, I was so I was so on the ball that first day. And here I am just coming to pieces until 430. And then I can barely get what I need done or pulled together before mass. But I came to discover in the course of the experience that. The point of our being there was just to do the pilgrimage. You know, the point of our being there wasn't like, you know, you do the pilgrimage between X o'clock and Y o'clock, and then you get the other stuff done or keep up with your correspondence, yada, yada. It's like, no, dude, you're here just to, to do the pilgrimage. And I think one of the spiritual benefits of that, or maybe like the spiritual point of that is that it's life consuming. Like my life for those 12 days was the Camino. I didn't really have a life outside of the Camino. Now, does that mean that I ceased to be the son of, you know, like Barry and Regina Pine or have contact with friends who weren't present in that setting? No. But, but like, it was a world consuming thing. And I think that a thing that I really loved was that it kind of broke up some of the compartmentalization into which I could fall because, you know, in the modern world, sometimes it can be difficult to get everything in. And so you start thinking in terms of time slots. It's like, if I'm going to pray, I have to do it now. If I'm yada, yada, but in the, I mean, on pilgrimage, it's just like, (laughs) you're sleeping in another place. So get there. (laughs) And, um, I think just gradually over the course of those days, I found it not easier necessarily, but I found myself kind of more abandoned by the goodwill of the group by the kind of general tendency of the experience to that, you know rather than rather than begrudging it, just being like, all right, you know this is this is my life um but apropos of that world encompassing experience, are there a couple of like highlights? Well, I mean, we did highlights and lowlights quite a few times throughout the course of the trip. Uh, But particular highlights or particular gems, things that you want to remember take away from this experience?
0: Yeah. Um, yes, I think. um, I mean, I'm coming back to something that I've already said, but I'm going to say it and and move on. Um, The yeah, the people on on the pilgrimage were, yeah, super inspiring to be around just as like human beings as fellow pilgrims on the camino um yeah so i i remember just the other day we we left on on monday um right it was monday monday flew back home um yeah being being surprised that i was sad to leave the group that i've only known for like 2 weeks you know most of these people i had never met only a handful of people i'd met before um so that i think that's first and foremost in my mind um there were yeah along the way too a number of like as Father Gregory was saying that because the Camino is all encompassing, it's, I don't think I certainly didn't experience a sort of what, like transcendent kind of epiphany in my own spiritual life, or, you know, prayer life or that sort of thing. But um, throughout, there was a kind of assuredness that like Christ is with, in 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 these moments, and that was punctuated, especially at times of prayer, and um, times celebrating mass together so th- those stick out in my mind sometimes we were we had the privilege of being in a church in some really old and beautiful places and sometimes it was sort of like a park mass um and those park masses actually you know spain is such like a wasteland of the faith just generally there's like there's just like not a lot there and those who do practice the faith you you know you really get a sense of what they suffer to do that um but even then like a couple times we were celebrating mass in parks and people would say you know i don't speak spanish so they said it to father gregory but commented on it and and like you know just the witness that we bore i guess is the last thing i'll say that like as father gregory was saying you you come across same people at different periods along the way and there were these group there was this group of girls and i think a guy i think it was four girls and a guy i think there was a an american or two an australian a german some guy with them who we talked to along you know brief conversations, whatever. And at one point, they apparently people along the way started calling us the monk group, because Father Gregory and I were in our habits. And um, which I thought was funny, like people, obviously, we stick out when we're a big group, and we're a pretty Catholic group. So they stick out, we stick out. So I think the witness um, of living the faith and of walking a pilgrimage, uh, as Catholics, that that, that's something that, yeah, I think, hopefully, God willing, had more impact than I realized. So those are a few things that Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for, I'm, I'm really, yeah, in unexpected ways, maybe expected ways, but yeah, very grateful for.
1: Yeah. No, just to pick up with your last point. I think we were were chatting about it on one of the last nights. It might've been the last night. Uh, No, second to last night. It was, it was bed bug o'clock, I think. Um, And uh, I was just, Kind of what would one say i was i was recollected in the gift and the privilege that it is to be a priest and to be a religious on account of the fact that you just find people entrusting their lives and their hearts to you in ways that they might not ordinarily um that the fact that you're visibly identifiable as you know someone associated with god somebody who bears god often opens up a space in human communion which would not otherwise be there um for like the last six days of the pilgrimage. I, I mean, I try not to compartmentalize, but I, I really can't help myself. So I was still trying to like study a couple of languages because I'm supposed to know something of these languages. So that way, when I cite them in my dissertation, people aren't like, Hey, what does this mean? And I was like, Oh, I just put it there. Um, so I'm muddling through, I'm just butchering languages at an alarming rate at this stage in my life. Um, so when I would pull up to people, I'd be like, hello. And then I'd be like, where are you from? And then if it were possible, I'd be like, Ooh, can I engage you in your language? Uh, and I met a lot of patient people who were like, wow, look at this punk kid just doing a hack job on my native tongue. Um, but in the course of those those conversations, many of which were very simple, uh, I just found like person after person, just kind of entrusting me with small things like anxieties, worries, fears, um, yeah, traumas, what it whatever it was. And at this one point, you know, we were, I, we had met this guy a couple of times named, well, Jacques from Ren uh, in be like Northwestern France. And uh, like the last encounter that we had with him on the way, he just broke down in tears, you know, like, because he was talking about basically a a difficulty in his family and just kind of entrusting that to us, to our group. And um, yeah, just that, that, that just kind of sobered me up to the experience because a lot of times, you know, we can be crass or flippant or otherwise, you know, uninspiring in our living of the gospel uh, or of ordination and profession. At least I speak for myself and um and then somebody kind of reminds you of the dignity of the thing which you just you just wear right which you inhabit which you are in fact and i yeah i was i was really moved by that i was really grateful for that like the last two days of the camino i was like perpetually on the verge of tears i was like what's going on with you? <laughs> <sighs> um so that was that was a that was a blessing and i hope to yeah bear that in my heart for many years since all right. Um, final thoughts, parting words, uh, anything anything else that you want to encapsulate and share
0: about our experience on the Camino? Um, two things. Uh, we didn't mention, I'm sure we did in our advertising of the Camino and for people who signed up that we, Father Gregory and I didn't, and, and Katie, who did a lot of backend work for God's Planning, we didn't plan the trip on the day-to-day, but we partnered with this great group called Craazio, um out of Colorado, a Catholic organization that runs pilgrimages and, and day trips and backpacking trips and skiing trips. If you're looking for something to do, uh, if you're looking to go on the Camino, they're going back in September. Um, you don't have to do it with a group. They have their own trips. They are excellent. We had two guides with us, Lauren and Mikey, um, super self-sacrificing and all all, all along the way. So if you're looking to do a pilgrimage, whether abroad or here, check out their website. It's their creatio. Um really, really excellent people, um competent in mo- so many more ways in these things than either of us could have ever been. So huge shout out and thanks to them. And then I, I know in our in our own conversations, Father Gregory, myself, the other pilgrims along the way and on this episode, we've we've talked about our complaints and stuff and expectations. Um, a question that comes back to me would I do the Camino again? Um, the answer is probably no, I wouldn't, there are other places I want to see in there, you know, and I know people have done it more than once, but I would encourage, I think I would encourage if you're listening or thinking about doing a pilgrimage or the Camino to do it, to go for it. I mean, know that it's not going to be, you know, a a Disneyland vacation kind of thing, but there's a great beauty of this, like as Father Gregory was describing this, all encompassing kind of reality that you enter into for some time. And, um, Yeah, I think the graces that the Lord works through that um, are probably, uh, you know, perhaps not seen in the immediate, but there's no doubt that he works when we offer ourselves to him. So and these sort of things, we can we can trust that reality, too. So, uh, yeah, despite our complaints, it's still on. I would still keep it on your bucket list if if that that'll be my 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 final word on it.
1: Yeah, if if it's not. If it doesn't quite qualify as a vacation, which it doesn't and oughtn't, it certainly does qualify as a pilgrimage. And uh, in that sense, the association with penitence helps you to come to expect something difficult and then to experience it in spades. <laughs> ah, God bless. Okay. Well, right. thanks, uh, thanks for listening to this particular episode. Uh, and thanks again to all of our supporters. If you'd like to tie to our work, please check us out at patreon.com slash Please follow us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, all of which help to promote these episodes and the algorithm, get the word out to those who might not otherwise hear it. And then go ahead and visit godsplending.org to shop our merchandise and to get dates and information for upcoming Godsplending events. So again, we're kind of getting towards last call for the retreats for this summer. The men's retreat is basically filled. There might be one or two spots left. And then for the young adults retreat and the all-comers retreat in New York, we do have a few spots left not many, but a few. So you're most cordially invited and welcome, and we would hope to see you there. And also, you know, in a few months hence, you can probably check out that same website for future pilgrimages as we hope to do something like this each successive year. Whether it will be as intense as the Camino remains to be seen, but the answer is probably not. All right, so our prayers are for you. Please pray for us, and we will catch you next time on God's Plenty.